This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Head over there, get interactive, because there's a lot of stuff you can do on the Free Talk Live website that will cost you nothing. In fact, the the whole site is free for you. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you to get access to their websites, you'll find that Free Talk Live has more for free than those other sites have behind their paywall. At least that's what I think. It's not like I've actually gone to buy their uh, their web subscriptions <laughs> to find out for sure. So some can, of them you have. You've you had can, web well, only one. Yeah. Only one. I've okay. only ever bought one web subscription. I'll take your word for, for it. A yeah. Talk radio program. So uh, you can, again, go to freetalklive.com and get interactive there. You can actually control the content of the site. You find something online that you think is interesting, you'd like to share it with our listeners, just submit it as show prep, and then other Free Talk Live listeners will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what you've suggested, and the most liked make it to the front page of the website. So go to freetalklive.com. As always, much to discuss here tonight, including uh, breaking news out of uh, New Hampshire, I don't know if this has hit the news quite yet because the way the event was organized kind of prohibited the news from actually being able to show up. Uh, there was a press release sent out literally a, maybe a half an hour prior to the actual event happening. It was today in Manchester, New Hampshire at the airport, Manchester International Airport, where Kelly Voluntarist decided she was going to go and she's pretty fed up with the uh, the TSA and how they've been treating people. So she wrote up um, a flyer that was like a, at least a sheet of paper, maybe a front and a back. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not positive exactly how long it ended up, but it was a, a sheet of paper. And uh, she printed out 150 of them and had a stack of papers. And she walked into uh, Manchester Airport, proceeded to strip off uh, some of her clothing. and A uh, lot of her clothing. <laughs> A lot of it. And all she had on were essentially a lingerie uh, top and uh, panties. Yeah, something from something that looks like it was from Victoria's Secret there. Yeah, yeah it may very well have been. I, I don't know where she got the, the clothing. but No. Uh, One thing's for certain is that uh, Kelly has her activism in all the right places. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what? She uh, very courageously did this event, and she did it successfully. I have to say, I was telling her in advance, because we all were... Uh, we went first to to drop Pete Air off at jail this morning because he's in Figured jail. Figured you'd be going to see Kelly shortly thereafter. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I, I we we tried to let her know that she should expect the worst, and that would be a revoking of her bail because she's out on bail on uh, chalking charges when she was chalking the courthouse recently. Interesting in, in Manchester when we were out there for uh, for a trial for one of the for one of the chalking trials. She was there. She chalked the courthouse. Got arrested herself. So she's out on bail. When you get arrested and you're out on bail, they can pull your bail and just hold you in jail until the next trial happens. Or they can uh, give you a more stringent bail. So like the last time she got PR bail, personal recognizance, where they just let her out because she's been recognized or whatever, recognized, recognized. Uh, they, They didn't do those things, though, because they didn't arrest her this time around, which is great. Uh, in fact, they didn't even ask her to put her clothes on, which... So there's no reaction from about. the TSA? The TSA agents, some of them took the flyer, some did not. Uh, they themselves were not threatening toward her. The Londonderry police are the people that handle the 
sort of the security uh, of the airport. Right. It's Manchester Airport, but the Londonderry police handle the yeah. airport. Those are the, uh, the the guys that gave me so much trouble when I didn't want to get uh, shaken down for having an expired driver's license, essentially. Okay, yeah. Well, they, they did give her some trouble, uh, but ultimately they, they backed down. And it may have had to do with the fact that there were five or six people with cameras uh, there. Always helps. Swarming uh, around. Because at one point, Adamo Freeman from uh, LibertyOnTour.com, CopBlock.org, he was alone for some reason. I guess we'd gone one direction and he went a different direction. And one of the Londonderry cops did threaten him at that time and told him that you better stop recording or I'll arrest you for wiretapping. Ah, yes. And basically Adamo told him, well, well, I'll be back. And then later, when we encountered that particular cop, I asked, I said, is this, is this the guy you were talking about before? And Adamo said, yeah. And so I recorded, we were all recording him at that point. I said, did you threaten my friend for videotaping? And he, he was, it wasn't a threat. And Adamo told him, yeah, it was. And basically, it was a little bit of back and forth, and the dude ended up walking away. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it's hard for me to, to feel bad for the Londonderry uh, police. I mean, after having had such a terrible time where they surrounded me with like a, attack dog, right? Yeah, I, I'm not going to call him a da- attack dog. I don't know what kind of was dog it, was, it was. Was it barking at you? It was a freaking dog. No, he was not. Okay. Uh, he was just threatening, you know, yeah. and, and, and then like at least nine cops. Um, I don't know if they were all t- uh, Londonderry, but. You know, they they uh, took my driver's license out of my hand without asking me for it. Just you know, snatched it out of there. Obviously, you're going through TSA. You have your driver's license in your hand. Um, you know, so I, what does that qualify as? Uh, another guy saying, "You got a problem?" Like we're on the <laughs> like we're sixth graders on the playground, and he wants to fight. Well, do you think you'd remember them if you saw them in a in a video? Do you think you'd yeah. remember? Okay, because obviously we got plenty of footage of this, and the videos have not yet been put together. However, they're coming uh, right now. All there is. Is that I know of is a single still photo uh, that has been posted over at freekeen.com. So if you'd like to to get an eyeful of uh, what exactly happened uh, today in Manchester, you Kelly Voluntarist activism. <laughs> yeah, she's. she's uh, I forget once one person's comments on Facebook was like, "Does she have a big pair of balls inside those uh, those panties?" Because it was pretty ballsy what she did today. I mean, she you know stripped down and. Did all kinds of outreach and was very well received by the majority of people that she talked to. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I know Kelly pretty well, and she just won't back down. She's not really afraid of the state. Not, you know, much, much more uh, perseverant about this type of activism than I could ever imagine myself being just because, you know, she's. I, I'm a coward compared to her. I would never be able to bring myself to do something like that. Yeah, and she, in the, in advance, we were t- trying to tell her, like, the worst-case scenarios. Like, what what could really happen to her? Because if she got arrested today, being out on bail, and what all that could mean. And she's like, are you guys trying to talk me out of it? This sounds terrible. And uh, just you've got to be aware of what the possible consequences and are. Um, but she went ahead and did it anyway. And they totally did nothing about it. I was so surprised that they didn't even ask her to put her clothes on. I thought for sure there'd be, you know, some uppity cop that uh, wanted to tell her to put her, put your clothes on. But no, that didn't happen. All they did after a while was uh, they told her that there was one cop who came up, handed her a copy of the rules for the airport. Are there protest rules for the airport? They claim there are. And apparently, among them isn't standing around in uh, a, a pink panty and bra set and i 
I don't know if you all recall this, but there was a We Won't Fly event at uh, national airports around the country back in 2010, I think. It's in, been a like, little November while. November of 2010. And so this was the last time I was at Manchester Airport to do activism was back then. And what we did then was we were handing out information to people. And they, their, their claim was well, they didn't say anything about her having her clothes off. Their issue was her handing out flyers. They said, you, you can't do that in here. And their rules say you can't do that in here. The rules say you have to go out there, pointing to outside where it's cold, 25 that's what, degrees. That's what my suggestion was, is that you can protest all you want in your underpants there, sugar. Right, Just they, do it out on the sidewalk. Well, no, you can't be out on the sidewalk. You have to be down past a yeah. certain point. Uh, so you can be the freedom like, of speech down in the you know down in the midway or uh, you know way down the street basically sure. before you even get to the actual terminal building, and so they they gave they actually had a map printed out for her where <laughs> they pointed to where she uh, she should go, uh-huh. and the guy ended up saying this cop ended up saying to her that uh, we're, we're asking you to blah 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 blah, and I said Kelly he said because she almost sounded like she was getting ready to leave and i said to her he did say they were just asking just pointed made, made sure to cl- clarify that with her and then she decided to stay mm-hmm. uh so we didn't go anywhere after that and they didn't do anything about it so i, I told the cop so, you I didn't told ask the cop, him so when you're are you asking <laughs> yeah i think somebody said something like that to okay. him but i told the cop well i'd like to thank you for asking <laughs> <laughs> she looks gorgeous in this picture from freekeen.com there you go over at freekeen.com you can see the picture and i'm sure if you stay tuned to freekeen.com you'll be able to see whatever video comes next again there were probably like six different angles uh, the guys were there from the film crew that have been in town for the last few days so they got some great footage more coming up you take control free talk live if you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the porcupine realtor do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealtor.com Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number, 855-453. That's uh, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site. So enjoy those. Again, uh, freetalklive.com features, including our mobile site, M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. We'll take you there. You'll get quick access to our live streams and the podcast, M freetalklive.com and SACL CAI has a full orbed approach to account recovery it's really three companies in one they do collections early out billing and they purchase charged off receivables SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you their staff is respectful they record every call and have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible you can see their banner over at freetalklive.com so uh, we're going to come back with more here on the uh, the TSA. Also on the way, the there's news about circumcision, I guess. So we're going to hear more about circumcision from Allie. She's going to tell us about that. Uh, but first, we were talking about the TSA. And actually, it's been a little while since we've discussed the TSA. 
I guess there hasn't been a whole lot that that I'd seen necessarily in the news since the whole body scanner uh, controversy. Did anybody recall seeing anything TSA related? Well, I know uh, one thing I didn't see them catching a terrorist. Yeah, that's that's yet to happen. Uh, but uh, Kelly Voluntarius today went to the airport in Manchester and stripped off her clothes, not quite naked, but uh, was without lots of clothing. It actually went outside, which was uh, even crazier. That does seem uh, crazy, yeah. And this girl is from Arizona. This is her first winter, I think, ever. Yep, snow she, is on the ground. It's yeah. a dry cold. Yeah. A dry cold. Yeah. Now, that's different from a wet cold. In what way? When people from Florida and people from Arizona talk about which state is hotter, mm-hmm. the, there'll always be a back and forth as to uh, whether uh, dry heat or uh, wet heat is uh, a, a humid heat is is worse. So it is not. Uh, no one has decided whether or not one is worse. It's a joke, Ian, and it's just so sad. You have never gotten one yet. Oh, yeah. Did, was that funny to you, Allie? Well, I was. I thought it was understood that dry heat is less painful. But, but a dry heat in Arizona will get to 120. Whereas, right, it'll uh, be higher, so it's probably more dangerous. So I was like, oh, I could see that. Yeah, it's more dangerous if it's dry, but it's more comfortable, too. So Florida at 100 versus uh, Arizona at 120. I think Florida it's doesn't get to 100. What? Not really. Yeah. You're it'll get to 100 in your car. No, but it's it'll not... get 100 outside. No. You just don't know what you're talking about. I lived in Florida for 26 years, man. Yeah. We have internet. Yeah. Not really. Not that I saw. I'm not talking about not an average temperature. I'm talking about, you know... Not even like during the day, during the summer. At high right, 90s. Man, we'll just go ahead and yeah. so, uh, look up the average highs here. 855-453 is the number here. And uh, and again, Kelly went to the airport today and she had a, a sheet of paper that told some stories of uh, some ladies that were going through the TSA checkpoints. So I will share some of these stories here. Lenore Zimmerman of Long Island was en route to Florida on November 29th when she was moved to a private room and forced to remove her clothes by TSA officials. She alleged she wanted to be patted down rather than go through a body scanner because she feared it would interfere with her defibrillator. She said, I walk with a walker. I really look like a terrorist, she told the Daily News. I'm tiny. I weigh 110 pounds, 107 without clothes, and I was strip-searched. Zimmerman says she was also left bleeding in the process after banging her leg against a walker. She said the two female TSA agents showed no sympathy and simply continued with the invasive body search. Mm. She says, my sock was soaked with blood. The retired receptionist added, I was bleeding like a pig. Bruce Zimmerman, who dropped his mother at the airport prior to the incident, was left fuming. He says, my mother is a little old woman. She's not disruptive or uncooperative. I don't understand how this happened. Well, it happened because these people have no accountability for what they do. And they can get away with pushing old ladies around and threatening small children and doing whatever other things they're doing to terrorize uh, the American people and international travelers as well. And there's nothing you can do about it. Sure, you can register a complaint, but that's never been shown to be effective, I think, in the history of bureaucracies like the TSA. Well, they won't even remember you. You could have some <laughs> terrible experience with them, and to you, it's changed your life, but to them, you're just another cow that they yeah. had to deal with. That's right. Now, this is a cow that bled. Ugh. 
Linda Kalish, a 66-year-old diabetic, claimed she was also strip-searched on November 29th. So I guess these are recent. Uh, according to the Orlando Sentinel, Kalish, who was bound for Fort Lauderdale via JetBlue on a 1, 1 o'clock flight, had a glucose monitor that checks her blood sugar every five minutes, strapped to one leg and an insulin pump strapped to the other. A female TSA officer allegedly asked her into a private room after setting off the metal detector. Kalish says she was ordered to remove her pants in order to demonstrate both devices. Remove her pants. Ruth Sherman in 88. It's okay, though, Mark. It's all for terrorism. Yeah. The children, Mark. Uh, Ruth Sherman, an 88-year-old frequent flyer with JetBlue, has flown from New York to Florida many times, but has never been taken aside and asked to pull her pants down and show her colostomy bags, as she asserts occurred at Kennedy Airport recently. Sherman, who was returning home November 28th after celebrating Thanksgiving with family in New York, said her initial X-ray screening apparently showed a bulge from her colostomy bag on the side of her body. Screeners then pulled her aside and gave her a pat down with their hands, including touching her on her legs and her torso near her breasts and around her arms, she said. That triggered the screeners to order yet another level of search. She told MSNBC from her home in Sunrise, Florida, it was awful. They, and this woman is 88. They asked me to come into another room and I said, don't touch me. You have dirty hands. I had, pla- I had on plain sweatpants and a top, she says. They made me pull my sweatpants down with my underwear. They invaded my privacy. So my Kelly goodness. was there asking people how they felt about that today. You know, how, how would you feel if they treated your grandmother this way or your parents or your mother this way? Because this is pretty It's a question sad. You know, that folks need to ask because it's – uh, you know what goes on at the airport is one of those situations of sort of the boiling frog. They can just keep on asking a little more and a little more as time goes by. Um, you know, first it's take your shoes off, then it's no water bottles, then you know you can have a lighter. You can't have matches, then you can have matches. You can't have a lighter, and it just goes back and forth and down and around and. You know. They're so insensitive, too. I mean, I know for some people, going to the airport is just part of their... They do it for work, or it's just sort of a chore for them. But mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it's very emotional. A lot of people aren't flying anymore as a result. Right. Uh, you know, for domestic, good reason. Domestic air travel, as a matter of fact, domestic and international air travel are both down between 20 and 30%. Almost 30%. It's not just because people are scared to death of terrorists. Certainly some people are scared of terrorists. Scared of terrorists, no doubt. But some people are just annoyed at being touched and prodded and looked at and all those things that uh, that go into it. It's a lot different than it used to be. Kelly has a quote from the White Rose Society in her flyer. Why do you allow these men who are in power to rob you step by step, openly and in secret, of one domain of your rights after another until one day nothing, nothing at all, will be left but a mechanized state system presided over by criminals and drunks? Is your spirit already so crushed by abuse that you forget it is your right or rather your moral duty to eliminate this system? Of course, you know what happened to the White Rose Society, right? I don't imagine most people do. We can tell you more about the White Rose Society here in a little bit. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You bring up anything you want, tell us your TSA story. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk Live, you can bring up anything you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here. Uh, Allie. And Mark. We invite you over to freetalklive.com. Enjoy stuff like our listening options. We've got broadband and dial-up versions of the show. Uh, You can listen to those around the clock over at listen.freetalklive.com. Also, learn about our great radio stations, over 100 of them from coast to coast that air the show throughout the week at various different times. In addition to that, our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio and our free-to-air KU Band satellite channel, the webcam and the listen lines as well, which allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Again, details over at listen.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries it all. Knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, all kinds of optics, as a matter of fact, uh, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment, firearms, accessories, ammunition, everything you need. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. You know how important that is when you shop online. Some prices are... So low, they can't even be mentioned on the air. I've had a couple of friends go there who are uh, big into this, um, you know, camping and hunting and, and survival stuff. And they are, they were stunned by the prices. So go over there, check them out. Before you buy anything online that has to do with camping, hunting, survival, or shooting, go to manventureoutpost.com. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right. So, again, you can take control here at 855-450-FREE. Also, uh, Allie is here to talk to us about circumcision. What's going on with that? Well, um, I guess this is just something that I feel strongly about, and I think that it still pertains to society because it's still something that happens every day on a routine uh, on a routine basis to millions of little baby boys in the United States, and I think it's really sad. And um, I think it's something that people don't really question a lot because they sort of consider it to be part of just our society. It happened to me. Yeah, it ha- happens to lots, unfortunately, lots and lots of boys. So... Um, and I wish that I had been able to get, you know, have a choice about the matter, but I didn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, I can see benefits to circumcision. However, um, you know, when I made, I, I had to make a decision with my um, uh, son. And first, you know, the, the Hippocratic Oath says first do no harm. The, you know, circumcision operations are operations. Some of them go wrong. There are mm. all kinds of uh, things that can go wrong, and you know, not the least of which can be uh, distortions in the the shape of uh, an erect penis. And you know, <laughs> why are you going to do that to somebody? You're also cutting off nerve endings, uh, a serious amount of them, as I understand it. So you're making the uh, the penis in that case less sensitive. Right. And that could be a bad thing. Yeah, and it's it's something that I've sort of looked into and how it not just the idea behind it that's scary that you're doing it to um an infant that, you know, 
it doesn't hurt them any less because they're an infant and just that whole idea that of the brutality behind it, but how it affects the sex life of the males in the future is really devastating. And it's bad for them and their partners as far as like, you know, how just how things are supposed to work and how the different parts of the penis and the vagina are supposed to work together. And it doesn't happen as well when there's, when the boy's been circumcised. Um, it's just, what, you're missing out on more than you even realize. What, um, like what, what kind of, uh, information do we have to back that up? Because I've, I've heard these claims before and I don't know. I mean, you know, thinking about my life and the way things go. And certainly I was circumcised when, before I ever had an opportunity to do that, things seem to work fine. Um, you know, well, it nerve it, endings. Not to what say nerve endings are you talking about? Like a nerve lot endings of them. on well, the skin. It's not that you can't have sex if you're circumcised, or sex won't feel good when you're circumcised. But I think it's considering that you're getting rid of all these nerve endings, which are like some of the most sensitive on the penis. Um, it's going to make it less pleasurable. Pretty much, you can't really make theory, the claim that it's going to feel the same. Right. In theory, that that makes total sense. But like you said, how would we know? We don't have the uh, the ability to compare. At least in our in our individual lives, uh, circumcision happens so early on. You know, you, we've just lived our whole lives without this knowledge, and so you know, it would only be a man who decided later on after he had had sexual, you know, engaged in sexual activity, and then decided to become circumcised. Who would really be able to tell, you know, say, yeah, there's a, a serious difference From here. what I've heard, the main effect is that, um, you know, essentially the glands, that's the, the, head, of, the head of the penis, mm-hmm. um, gets touched by your pants and your underpants or whatever all day long. So it becomes somewhat desensitized. And, you know, they have suggestions of what to do. Uh, some guys have tried to regrow their fore- foreskins with weights and things like that, which right. sounds absolutely insane They to show me. that in uh, Penn and Teller's BS about this particular episode or this, uh, this topic. If you haven't seen that episode, I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's, it's horrifying. Been... They also sell these little sort of uh, silk socks um, that you would uh, place over it, and all this is intended to do is uh, to uh, you know diminish the amount of sort of touching that goes on there and to resensitize that part of the penis. Well, essentially. it's it's you know essentially if it's untouched, it will. Uh, you know, be more stimulated by touch in that particular area. But, you know, I, most of the complaints about penises from, uh, you know, people that use them isn't that those things are um, not sensitive enough. It's that they're too sensitive and they go off too soon. And I wonder to myself, I mean, you know, that uh, to some extent, could this be an advantage? Well, that's that's the whole thing that why I, I watched this awesome video. I wish I had it up, but it was just sort of about answering people's questions. And uh, this doctor was saying uh, that, you know, she's very against circumcision. And she said, yes, that men will say this is that they have enough sensitivity as it is. And if they had more sensitivity, then they'd be worried about, you know, ejaculating sooner than they already do. But what she says is that it it's not really like that, um, that an uncircumcised penis is able to perform longer and that orgasms are more come in more like a wave as a as opposed to just like an immediate sort of hmm. you know reaction to pleasure that you're just seeking out immediately interesting your thoughts are certainly welcome at 855-450-free that is the SACL CAI toll free line 1-855-450 3733 and i if you've never seen the actual procedure and probably a lot of parents haven't. I, I wonder how many parents have actually been in the room uh, when this when this happens. I don't know. I'm, I'm entirely speculating. 
um, because it it does not look nice. Uh, they show you the <laughs> actual bits off, right? They of a baby, you know that that makes them cry. It is not a pleasant experience. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're probably not it's hollering bloody. out because it feels good, right? Right. And uh, if you you will actually see this procedure if you watch the Penn and Teller episode on this Penn and Teller's BS. I can't say the full name of the show, but uh, Penn and Teller's BS on circumcision. It's a real eye opener. I think I think it would be an eye opener for a lot of people who just you know see this as a routine. Oh, it's just a routine procedure. You just do this with every baby, every baby boy, and. Well, thank goodness we don't do it to baby girls in this country because it's even more horrific what happens to them. Uh, in other countries, some women I don't know are that there's a comparison between the two. I mean, just because they're both called circumcision doesn't mean they're the same thing. When you're talking about the labia minora, you're talking about the portion uh, – because essentially as an embryo, you're, you're, um, there's a point at which uh, the sexes diverge. So they have the same – similar parts – the part uh, that is the labia minora is what um, in the female is the te- are the testicles in the male the the scrotum I should say not the testicles the scrotum. So you're talking about a different part. We don't cut scrotums off of little boys. Uh, the, the also included in female circumcision many times is the clitoris. We don't cut the glands off of a penis when we circumcise. You're talking about a different operation that's called the same. Uh, I, I didn't say it was the same thing. It's I just, just I, it's like, we we need to not uh, conflate these two. Things. I don't, I don't think know. They did. I, to me, it's like cutting up, you know, your sensitive area, your your genital areas. To me, that's what circumcision means. When you're, you know, when you out of your way, like cut up, you know, have a doctor perform a surgery in which they cut up parts of your genitals. Well, you know, for the same. That's if, true. If you, for me, it's it's cutting off parts. Um, you know, like as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to deliver that kid uh, to the point where he's an adult, mm-hmm. where he's going to be whole. I'm not going to pierce his ears. I'm not going to, you know, do any of the things um, that uh, some some folks want to do to change their, their kids. And that, to me, includes circumcision. More coming up here. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up anything you want. Are you, were you an adult male who decided to become circumcised? DigEdPress.com is your home for illustrated science fiction and adventure. Escape from Terra, Volume 2, continues the bold adventures of intrepid space pioneers as they find wealth, freedom, and a giant Elvis hit in interplanetary space. Phoenix Crumb is where Swashbuckle meets Steampunk in this offbeat space pirate saga written by L. Neil Smith and illustrated by Scott Beezer. Both books are $14.95 each and available now at BigHeadPress.com. Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up what you want, 855-450-FREE. A number brought to you by SACL CAI here tonight. It's Ian. Allie. And Mark. 1-855-450-FREE. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you enjoy Free Talk Live, you are welcome to support the show by becoming an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in 3 bucks a month with any major credit card through PayPal, or you can use uh, Visa or MasterCard right on our website. And that $3 a month will be invested in Free Talk Live and allow us to get on more radio stations across the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get on there and also learn about the perks that you get 
as an amplifier, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum and podcast. Go get the details, get signed up, amp.freetalklive.com. You've probably been hearing a lot about the new digital currency known as bitcoins. For some folks, obtaining them has been kind of tricky. Until now, crypto exchange is the fastest and safest way to buy and sell your Bitcoins. I actually bought uh, quite a few Bitcoins uh, through them. I think it was last week. And it was easy, uh, and, it, and it, it feels safe. <laughs> Certainly, I uh, I got everything. Everything happened the way I hoped it would happen. If you're totally clueless about the Bitcoin currency or just using the Internet in general, they've got 24-hour customer service. All you have to do is visit their website, click on the live support link at the top, it's crypto exchange, and you can uh, get there most easily through their banner at bitcoin.freetalklive.com. Again, it's bitcoin.freetalklive.com. All right. So, again, 855-450-FREE is the number. Let's go to you and your thoughts. Uh, Ali is bringing up circumcision here tonight, specifically male circumcision, but I think it's it's wrong to ignore female circumcision in a discussion about female, about circumcision in general. And, Mark, you made the point that male circumcision isn't as harsh as female circumcision. I said it was different. I didn't claim I, harsh or anything else. Okay. I would I would step side with what you're saying. Right. My interpretation was that you were saying it was not as harsh, and I think you're right. It isn't as harsh. They're not cutting off as serious of amount uh, of parts, but as Ali pointed out, they are cutting off parts, and it's horrific. And if you've ever seen footage, even of just male cir- circumcision, it's it's pretty pretty bad. You know, um, okay, so it's bloody. There, it's there painful. are times, and there there are situations where circumcision makes perfectly good sense. Some uh, some guys will really? have yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's, this is the problem with having an opinion about something which you have not researched from the other side. There will be situations where uh, the foreskin will make it difficult for the glands to erupt from the erect penis. Um, and, you know, it's a lot easier to get this operation when you're little than when you're older. When, you know, you've got uh, issues of erections and things like that. It takes a long time for a guy to heal from this. Uh, You know, younger people heal. Doctors, some doctors have claimed, and I don't know, it seems difficult for me to imagine that it doesn't hurt babies to do this. That they just yell because they're being held down. It looks painful. I saw the footage, same footage you're Mm -hmm. talking about. I mean, I have researched this topic. but I don't uh, understand the argument that babies can't feel pain. How is that possible? I, 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 you know, I, I, it's I am not the one to say. Well, it's one thing to say that there are some cases where this may be medically necessary or useful, but for the vast majority of cases, it's not the case at all. And uh, the, you know, the the male organ works just fine on its own. If there was no uh, value, circumcision. If there was no value to having um, a foreskin. I would disagree with what you have to say. If the foreskin was this vestigial thing that did nothing for, um, you know, the... But it does do things, and it's protective, and it's got nerve endings and all that. In fact, before we get to your phone calls, you had a quote you wanted to share from Kellogg. Right. Yes, that Kellogg. The the cornflakes guy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, He says, quote, The operation should be performed by a surgeon without administering any aesthetic anesthetic as a brief... Pain attending the operation will have a salutary effect upon the mind, especially if it be connected with the idea of punishment, as it may well be in some cases. The soreness, which continues for several weeks, interrupts the practice, talking about masturbation. And if it had not previously become too firmly fixed, it may be forgotten and not resumed. Yeah, this, that's right. You're going to stop masturbation. Well, that's what all of it was really about, at least his campaign to uh, widen the, uh, the usage of uh, circumcision. It absolutely was. Was all about him wanting men not to touch themselves. 
He didn't want women. He uh, suggested it for women, too, but it just oh didn't God. catch on. Let's continue here with your calls and your thoughts. Tyrone's in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live, Tyrone. Hey, uh, Ian, Mark, and... And Allie. 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 <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Um, um, yeah, I've, I'm in my 40s, and I, have, uh, I wasn't circumcised when I was born. And it's been my experience through my lifetime that women seem to prefer, or at least that's what they tell me, they prefer um, uncircumcised men. They prefer uncircumcised men. Something. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, something about something. I, I won't get graphic on the, on, on, on the radio here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so in my experience, they prefer them uncircumcised. I've heard that too. I would suspect that you'll probably hear. Um, I've, I've heard the. I've heard all of these, um, and I suspect you're probably going to hear um, what you are. Well, like, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. it just makes sense that they would say, you know, like, I'm going to guess you're black, Tyrone, and um, you know, they're probably going to say, I prefer black guys, and you know, well, yeah, of course, uh, they're going to tell you what what you know the, uh, folks want to hear. I've heard the. Uh, we've the, had. We've had people call this show in the past to say they prefer circumcised and, and that they think it's weird if it's not circumcised but that just has more to do with perception uh, yeah social uh, norms than anything else i think i would agree yeah but see that that argument about they say what they want because that's what you are yeah i've had that discussion before they even knew what i was and i've heard it well a few times i've heard it interesting before they even knew whether i was circumcised or not i guess it was just something that they had never experienced before and maybe not something they preferred, but something they'd like to experience. <laughs> and you're willing to give it to them, aren't you, Tyrone? <laughs> well, you know, of course. That's my duty. <laughs> that's your duty. <laughs> Thanks, Tyrone. Appreciate hearing from you tonight. Anything else you want to share? No, that's all. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Let's talk to John, listening in Kentucky. John, you're in Louisville, and you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's on your mind tonight? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, you guys are talking about this tonight. I was actually having a conversation uh with a couple of friends about that last week, as strange as it sounds. But, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things, those relics of the past, it seems to me, that uh, was tradition for a long time. And I think at one point it had uh, some good uses. I mean, if you think back in history, humans didn't bathe very often. And, uh, you know, things could get dirty, and it was probably a good idea to uh, have that procedure done. But, you know, nowadays you're talking about... Uh, a part of the body that possesses, I think, upwards of like 40 million nerves. Um, it also, excuse me, I'm hitting a bunch of potholes here. It also helps with, uh, from the medical studies I've read, it also helps with uh, intercourse because uh, I know this sounds a little graphic, but it has its own lubricants. So it assists in the, uh, the process. Mm. You're talking about so the foreskin has its, its own lubricant? Do what now? The foreskin has its own lubricant? Correct. Yeah. To that, so I'm just gonna say, you. ew. Well, I mean, the well, wait—is it an actual lubricant, or is it that the foreskin itself well, acts as sort of a lubricant? A little bit of both. Uh. I mean, if you think about skin, right? So you have oils on your skin everywhere over your body. You know, gotcha. same same mechanism. Interesting. That wonderful sebum. So <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, anything else you want to share tonight, John? about it thanks for the info appreciate hearing from you eight five five four fifty freeze what did he say 40 million nerve endings that's so what he said. said yeah that sounds like a lot does sound like a lot let's continue to tom i say 140 million let's talk to tom <laughs> do i have 240 million in michigan tom you're on free talk live with ian alley and mark hey hi guys hey tom uh, uh, 
strange topic for uh, Free Talk Live, I understand. <laughs> oh, we've talked about this before. It doesn't seem strange to me, but uh, we'll talk about anything, okay. so go ahead. Well, um, I am a person that is uncircumcised. I'm from Europe, and uh, I can tell you right now, the entire reason for, for circumcision is religious purposes. That's, That's it. how it seems to me. Because it's much easier to <laughs> masturbate with a foreskin. I don't need to use uh, all kinds of lubes and everything else. Mm. And and on top of that, and I know this is going a little bit past, but I don't really, you know, I don't like to admit too many things, but uh, girlfriends and I, we like to play with other folks. So I do see other guys, and uh, I see I have several friends that have an extreme hard time um, ejaculating, getting off, because, I mean, if, if the head of your penis is rubbing in your underwear all day long, it's getting callous. It's just like any other so part So it is body. being desensitized, so, is, uh, is what you yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. It's very interesting. I uh, yep, would so, also say that there's a strong possibility that they're experiencing some level of stage fright, too. And this is, uh, by the way, you mentioned you're from Europe. This is not popular to do over in Europe, if I'm correct, Yes. Yeah, they don't masturbate there. Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get circumcised there. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate yeah. it. 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Hour number two is next. This is Free Talk Live. <laughs> From filmmaker A.I. Wintermute comes the feature-length documentary, Liberty in Our Lifetime. It chronicles the real-life activists who have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project and the many ways in which they seek to live free. But he needs your help to get this important story off the ground. Visit LibertyDocumentary.com, watch the trailer, and find out how you can help bring this film to life. That's LibertyDocumentary.com. is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You, as always, can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features you will find there for free. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Tonight here with you, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And again, 855-450-FREE to the phones and the fun. Frank, in New York City, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Allie, and Mark. Uh, good evening. Hey, uh, Frank. A, a chilly winter evening uh, down here in New York. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. Uh, I think, though, before you look at you the... You mean circumcision for our listeners just tuning in? Sorry. Yes, to understand circumcision, I think you have to go back through history and historically, circumcision was used to mark property, such as cattle, animals, and slaves. It's very interesting that it became a religious covenant with the ancient Israelites and Hebrews, uh, whereby, the first, whereby the male was circumcised as uh, a covenant with God, which is kind of interesting because it turns the whole notion of what circumcision was on its ear. And if you go back to the ancient Sumerian and Babylonian texts, you'll notice that one of the uh, uh, 
creatures, an Anunnaki uh, person that looked like a fish, was the person who told man how to circumcise and what circumcision was about. And that gets into sort of the socio-cultural mythic uh, realm of that. And it's very interesting that there would be a god or a creator that would demand an atonement or uh, cutting off of one's genitals. Of, of the of parts that presumably the god would have granted to right. the man in the first place. It really just uh, asks Correct. one, um, I mean, it begs Great the point, question, Frank. did you make a mistake when you did this, God? Right. Did, did Satan take over for a moment while uh, God was creating man's body? And, and just, I'm just going to add this right here. And then God had, you know, had to, after the fact, uh, instruct his religious clerks to, uh, to handle that? Right. What's interesting, too, the very wealthy people in the United States in the 1890s through the 1930s uh, were their doctors uh, would recommend that the males be circumcised in the hospital. Of the wealthy the people. Huh? At the Harvard Medical School in that period that's very rich. And when you mention Kellogg, the Kellogg family, yeah, he, his foundation actually did a lot to attempt to prevent the ills of masturbation because they right. felt that if people masturbated, they would not be able to function in an industrial kind of manufacturing economy <laughs> where, you know, discipline was very... So when you get into this whole thing... Because they would, what? Because what? They wouldn't be able to stand way. at the uh, the manufacturing line in the, in the, in the facility as they're supposed to be working. They just wouldn't be able to d- take their mind off their, uh, their penis or something like that. That? May, that may have been the notion, but also people believe that masturbation, you know, caused blindness. And people that masturbated frequently were often committed to the mental institutions and things. You know, I think it says a lot more about uh, Mr. Kellogg. I think it says a lot more about Mr. Kellogg than anything else. That may have have been true, but remember, he was a doctor who invented the industry of cereal that was actually manufactured and cooked and packaged and, you know, commodified. So when you get into that, it's a very interesting, those sociocultural... Uh, areas have to be looked at. But what I find interesting is that the U.N. right now looks badly upon circumcision, male and female. And, you know, the rights of the individual and the rights of the child, I mean, you know, a little infant can't say whether he wants to be circumcised or not. So Mm -hmm. it's ultimately done with the, you know, parents. And often uh, I think it's, it's something that involves the sovereignty of the individual. And, you know, when it's done historically with infants, uh, the individual doesn't have a say in it, the infant. And I think that's wrong. And ultimately, people should have a right to their body. Their body is theirs. I mean, when you get into the whole notion of religion and culture, people will say, you know, in certain religions, your body isn't yours, it's God. It's this, it's the temple, it's this or that. But ultimately... You know, the body is the vessel or the container that the spirit uh, may be residing in. Frank, I have a question for you. Um, What I know that I've heard you before be sort of critical of uh, doctors and the medical establishment. So I wonder, just what what is your perspective on this when you have doctors who are so ready and willing to do this to these young infant boys? uh, Just you know, at the drop of a hat, as soon as the parents say yes, I'd like this done, they just do it, and they just ignore the whole idea that it's like fallacious and just sort of this religious uh, institution that's promoting this has nothing to do with the health of the of the infant. No, in fact, what's interesting, circumcision in the United States 
is basically five generations old. And by that, I mean the 1880s, 1890s, the upper middle class, the wealthy class. You know, the obstetricians uh, who would deliver the babies would recommend that the young males be circumcised, whether or not it had any religious significance to the individual or the family. So in a sense, it's become institutionalized. And no one really knows for sure if it does prevent certain infections. People said that it I think some of the research in the 1970s that was pro-circumcision would say that it prevented urinary tract infections with men and different things. And, well, it's the most I prescribed... How, I don't know how accurate that is. It's you the know, most prescribed to, medical procedure in the history of medical procedures. I yes, mean, it has it been prescribed money. for all kinds of things. It makes money for the hospitals and the doctors. Let's be very honest about that. And if it's your religion that involves circumcision, it's a big feast, the bris, which means that it's going to involve money for the caterers and the families, and, you know, it's a joyous occasion. And often it'll be a grandfather or a father that holds the baby, you know, as Mm. the moil does, performs the ritual act of circumcision. But let's be honest, historically, circumcision was a way to mark property, animals, livestock, and individuals as slaves. And that's what it was really about. And what's interesting is how that stigma of slavery became the covenant with God. And, you know, then you get in this whole thing how it's filtered within the culture over the last, you know, uh, 2,000 or, you know, 4,000 years. But it goes back to ancient Babylon and Sumeria, and there's a lot of interesting material that's out there. And again, you know, it was supposedly taught to man in uh, ancient Babylon, Samaria, by the Anunnaki, who supposedly, according to Zachariah Sitchin, you know, created man in their image. So, you know, you get into the whole notion of mythology, religion, sociology, culture, medical, All mixed up in there. Very interesting, Frank. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. totalization. Thank you, sir. Uh, Thanks for the call tonight, Frank. 850 excuse me, 855-450-FREE is the number here. And Frank's right in all of this, but to some extent you descend into the area. People don't make decisions based on logic. They just don't. They make decisions based on emotion. Some people attempt to make decisions based on logic, but, you know, they're getting an emotional thrill out of doing that. Um, Well, it may seem logical for them to say, well, it happened to me, so I should do it to my son. You've got, that's why I like the Penn and Teller episode that you're talking about, the BS episode Mm -hmm. on circumcision, because it appears appeals to the emotional aspect of it. It certainly yeah, it talks to facts, but it gives you, you know, here you are, it rubs your face in it, this is what you're doing. And, you know, I, 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 the folks, that's the way folks are going well, uh, yeah, to Yeah, for me, when I, when I see pictures of infants that have been circumcised, I have an emotional reaction because I think not just about the baby having had this procedure done, but wow, that human being in his whole adulthood is not going to experience sex the same way he would if this procedure had not happened and to me that's a travesty because that's his life that's his one chance and for a lot of people sex is like one of the high points of life and to degrade that or make it any less pleasurable i think is really a disservice well it's yeah it's just none of your business um is the way i see it that's the what i came down on because i was the parent you mean as the parent um you know i mean i i had to look at this issue and I know that there are benefits to circumcision at times um, in situations. There are benefits, but I, you know, looked at the, you know, I looked at the pluses. I looked at the minuses, and you know, for me, I decided to make the decision that, uh, you know, the Hippocratic oath says, "Do no harm." I'm not going to do any harm. Toll free number here eight five five four fifty free. You can comment on this. Also, he mentioned marking property. Mark, you've got a story about marking some deers with collars. 
and what happened to the deer after that. Uh, you're going to share that with us here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. 1-855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you to bring up anything you want, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and tonight it's Ian here. Allie. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy various features that we have there, including news updates. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can follow us via email, Twitter, or Facebook, whatever way works best for you. News freetalklive.com is where you can go to get signed up. So let's talk about marking animals, uh, Mark, because you have a story about some folks that were, uh, what, feeding some wild deer out behind their house? It amounts to a little more than that, but uh, it's it's an interesting story. It's from TwinCities.com by Dave Oreck and uh, Brady uh, Gervais. The couple who cared for two young deer shot and killed by Forest Lake police in their yard Saturday were still infuriated. Wait, they shot the deer or the couple? The deer. Okay. <laughs> Two days later. That's how the couple were able to be infuriated. They were alive. Gotcha. Uh, Jeff Carpenter said Monday that he thought concrete was uh, cracking from the cold when he went out, when he heard a loud bang about hmm. 7 a.m. outside his home at, uh, you know, whatever. He heard a second loud noise. He ran outside and found a police officer and two dead deer. Carpenter said he went ballistic, cursing at the officer and demanding to know why the deer were killed. I just felt like shooting him. Carpenter said the I deer can. had spent more than seven months in his yard, and he and his wife, Leanne, had been taking care of them. Hmm. Wow. And, you know, the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources employees said Monday the carpenters should not have put identifying collars on the animals. The collars were a signal that the deer could not be regarded as wild and thus posed a potential health threat to wild animals. Diseases can fester among animals in captivity, said the uh, Captain Greg Saulo. But he original. wasn't keeping them captive, right? They were just hanging the out there. Collar is captivity. But they were free to leave. Collar is captivity. Wow. If you had a collar on, would you be captive? Well, I'd, it would all depend. If I put a collar on you and you couldn't take it off. Well, if he's on a leash, then yes, but just putting a collar on somebody doesn't mean they can't run away. That's their definition. Hmm. Um, The diseases can, excuse me, if he had uh, contacted us, we think we could have corrected the problem without having to destroy them. The the (laughs) minute he took them as fawns and put collars on them, he sealed their fate. Oh, that's sick, man. Thunderclap. Carpenter said the uh, actions of the DNR and Forest Lake Police were an outrage. This could have been handled a hundred different ways, and every other way would have been better. Mm. (laughs) Leave it to the government. Solo said that the DNR began receiving reports several weeks ago. The two deer with bright, fluffy collars were roaming around the area. They had kind of these, you know, like almost wreaths around their neck. Mm. Um, 
The agency checked with the Minnesota Board of Animal Health and found no deer farms had reported escaped animals. DNR policy is to allow owners of domesticated deer 24 hours to recover them after they escape. So they were roaming around the neighborhood and sort of living in the yard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I mean, it's it sounds a, adorable. It's you're right. It's cute. Um, but I, you know, I don't. I can't speak to this situation, but I can tell you that I've trained animals uh, or had you know trained animals nearby. I had squirrels in my yard that would come and get uh, uh, you know the sunflower seeds from me and stuff. Actually. Oh. <clears throat> It was really disturbing. Um, I had one that was so brave and bold that uh, I'd sit outside reading, and I'd be eating the sunflower seeds, have some in my mouth. He knew where they were because I'd put them in there, and he'd take his little squirrely claws and kind of scratch the side of my mouth in order to get me to come off the the sunflower seeds. Now, I never gave him any of them in my mouth. I don't want his little rodent hands in there. But it was real. I mean, he'd sit right on my shoulder and scratch at my face. Don't they have some nasty claws? Like, I mean, that's not... Well, he wasn't trying to be nasty. He was trying to get the sunflower seeds. He's being friendly about it, huh? uh, Well, you know, as friendly as you can... Like a bear might come out and ask for some food. Friendly a little tree rat, fuzzy tail, <laughs> fuzzy tailed tree rat can be. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's it's cute. And then you know the cops come along and shoot him. Um, <sighs> so I mean, it's it's all about the collars here for these folks. So had they not collared the deer, they would have still been alive. Is what you're that saying? That is essentially it. Wow. The deer, you know, they can come and go as they please, which they did. And nobody was shooting them or anything like that. But so it's this tough situation. The homeowners put the collars on the deer in order probably to distinguish, to tell other homeowners, hey, look, these are our deer. These are deer. These deer are cared for and loved. Hmm. Right. Or maybe it was just to identify them. them. What's that? Maybe it was just to identify them. Like so you could eyeball them. Well, and say, possible- oh, how many deer do you think are hanging out in their yard? Well, it's possible that, um, like, I don't know. I know my dad had these geese that would come to their pond and. Sure. You know, I know if he'd been able to somehow put some sort of like wreath over their head or something so that he could identify these are the same geese as that came, you know, last week, he would have loved to because he, you know, he felt like he had a connection with the geese, but he couldn't tell if they're the same ones. Mm. So maybe these deer kept showing up and they're like, well, let's go ahead and do this. So now we know that these are the same ones. Could be. Uh, my guess is that you know people shoot deer in their yard as pests, especially if you happen to have a garden in your yard mm. and say the or, or just an ornamental or or a functional garden. I mean, whatever. So suppose the deer like ornamental cabbage. It could be eating the buds off your pot plants too. <laughs> right. I mean, well, I so they can. I don't even know what to think about that. Um, so this is this was probably something. My guess is to d- discourage homeowners from shooting them, um, but at the same time, homeowners like calling up uh, the you know the state because I, I just saw the strangest thing. I saw two deer with fuzzy pink collars on. Get a life. Well, calling the state about this. I don't think they were necessarily complaining. Well, I want to. I want to sort of investigate the claim that domesticated deer. Uh, being around wild deer is going to somehow like be a danger to humans in any way because I know in a lot of places there's an overpopulation of deer happens so if somehow domesticating a deer would like lower the population of deer then that's not necessarily a negative thing. Wait, were they suggesting it was dangerous to humans, whatever these diseases were? Are they de- no. dangerous to deer populations? Dangerous to wild deer population. Yeah. Um, and so if so, the problem is here that they kind of skirted the line between domestic and wild. And, you know, it makes sense. There's some animals come by. You want to feed them. You want to enjoy that aspect of the animals, and that's cool. But then you realize, hey, people shoot deer. 
So let's try to protect them. And it's the thing you do to protect them ends up being the thing that killed them. If they would have, say, fenced the deer in, which not an easy chore, mind you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You need a giant fence dome, the Thunderdome, to deer enter. Um, You know, then you could have kept, they probably could have kept the deer. But then again, they may very well have had trouble with, uh, you know, the rules against having deer, um, you know, at what, what uh, some kind of, what do you call it, livestock in this particular area. Right. So, it's illegal to hold, to keep deer, et cetera. Really, I mean, it's, it's sad, but these deers, these deer were going to get shot. I mean, that's really just the, the long and the short of the, of, of it. It didn't have to be the cop that shot them, the homeowner, hunter. Not necessarily. You don't know that. How many deer die of old age? I don't know how it works. It doesn't happen too often. Um, so I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying yeah. it's sad that the police just don't have any kind of, uh, you know, for them, no recourse, has collar, must kill. Um, but they, you know, these people that, uh, you know, get paid this, the D- paid to do this stuff, the DNR say that it's bad for wild deer population. I can only assume that that's true. Toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. 1-855-450-3733. Take control of these airwaves. I don't know what else there is to say about this particular topic, but if you have some sort of deer-related story you would like to share, you're certainly welcome to do that. Maybe you're a hunter. Hey, you know, since we were talking about circumcision earlier, let's talk about condoms in porn. It's been, uh, well, there's news out of L.A. I'll tell you about it. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves. Toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those. Once again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the mobile site. You can go to m.freetalklive.com, m as in mobile, to get quick access to our live streams and podcasts, all for free at m.freetalklive.com. You know, you need assurance in a disaster that your family's taken care of. For my family, I choose wisefoodstorage.com. WiseFoodStorage.com has delicious ready-made meals like cheesy lasagna, savory stroganoff. I've had uh, people writing in and telling me the, the different kinds of, uh, of meals that they've gotten from Wise, and they all talk about how great they taste. Uh, the vegetables, the big chunky pieces of vegetables as opposed to like this pureed stuff or whatever. Um, and uh, they've got pieces of meat. Many of uh, the stored foods don't have meat. Wise Food Storage does. And it carries a 25-year shelf life. Um, uh, you know, you can, 25 years from now, you can eat this food. comes in a plastic tote, so you can stack it up in the garage, whether it's, uh, whether you get enough for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years. You can uh, stack it up, and you'll be ready when the circumstances co- come. You can get a free entree sample. It's easy. Just go to wisefoodstorage.com. Right at the top center of the page, it says request a sample. Click on that. That. Go there, um, you know, fill out the information they want from you is all they want is to, to know, you know, basically where to ship it. And 
they'll want to know where you heard about it. And of course, you want to mention, uh, you know, it's radio uh, freetalklive.com um, is how you do that. But when you purchase, use coupon code FTL. You'll get no cost shipping on any order. And, you know, these things are kind of bulky. Shipping would would be expensive. Yeah, it would. So no cost shipping on any order. It's wisefoodstorage.com or you can call 855-FOODWISE. It's 855-FOODWISE, coupon code FTL. Um, you can get your free entree sample or uh, free shipping. Peace of mind, the greatest gift you can give to loves, the ones you love. Mark, did you see the uh, customer testimonial that was posted on the Free Talk Live Facebook page about Wise Food? I did. What, uh, what, could you read it for me? Rod writes, got mine, talking about the free sample. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I got mine. It was the creamy pasta and vegetable rotini. I was actually surprised at how tasty it was, and the texture was much better than eFoods Direct, who I had been buying from. The, uh, there were real, sizable vegetable chunks in Wise's product. I'm going to switch to buying from Wise for now, and am especially interested in their cook-in-the-bag products. So he's saying this is better than the other product that he was getting from that other company and was really satisfied with it. His words, not mine. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I don't I, I can't compare uh, the, the, the products, but I've heard people say a lot of great things about Wise. And it's from what I can tell is the big one of the big names. WiseFoodStorage.com. Code FTL. That's right. All right. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here. So we started the show uh, with the first hour with an in-depth discussion about circumcision. And since we're on the topic, uh, let's talk about condoms in porn productions over in the uh, Los Angeles area. You may be aware there's a lot of pornography made in California. It's actually one of the few places where making pornography is actually legal. Believe it or not, you would think that in this so-called free country, it'd be legal to videotape uh, people – having sex with one another. I had no idea it was even illegal. In a lot of places. It absolutely is. Although I understand, if I understand correctly, New Hampshire just legalized it recently. Is that true? Oh, I've I've heard that, but I don't know that that... I've heard it too. Look, I don't have to research this stuff. You're the politically connected guy, Mark. I figured you might know these things. Uh, So I've heard rumor that New Hampshire is now legal, and maybe New Hampshire is going to see an explosion in porn production as a result of that, because right now they just in Los Angeles have passed a, a, by a nine to one margin, a new ordinance, city ordinance requiring porn actors to wear condoms while performing. The 9-1 vote on Tuesday marks a significant victory for the L.A.-based AIDS Healthcare Foundation, which has been rallying for years to protect the health of porn actors by asking agencies in California to mandate condom use during film shoots. In the past decade, porn shoots have been suspended several times after high-profile cases of porn performers infected by HIV. An ebullient Michael Weinstein, president of the foundation's, uh, foundation, said, It's a great day for the performers and safer sex in our society. We win! Right, because without the government, the sex workers in this case would never have been able to uh, stand up for themselves and refuse to uh, participate in porn productions that don't require condoms. They, I, I think that early on it could be difficult for them um, in that uh, circumstances, to, the circumstance to stand up for themselves. You know, yeah, you could put together your own porn company and then choose to, you know, how you run things. But a lot of porn, you know, basically you're told who you're going to have sex with, how you're going to have sex, how many people are going to be involved, and whether or not you're going to wear a condom. So, you know, this is a circumstance where the workers don't have a lot of rights because there are a lot of people that are lined up to do the work. Well, they still have rights and they're still being offered money. So if someone is only offering, you know, some 
like not enough for you know it depends on the individual they're being like sure. sort of bossed into the situation like you're going to be doing this and this and you're not wearing a condom like well you're only giving me three hundred dollars and it you know it's not worth it to me to possibly get an std for three hundred dollars wouldn't so be no. worth it to me that's for certain but um you know for some folks three hundred dollars is a bigger deal than it is for other folks whether they're drug addicts and that kind of thing and i can see the value in this particular uh legislation now I I think it's a slippery slope. I think once you start allowing uh, regulation in one area, your regulations you know go off the hook. Also, what hap- How do they? How do they uh, prove one way or the other whether what something was filmed in California? Right, and also well, this is just L.A. Just to be clear, okay. Well, also, I mean, as far as I can tell, what is going to end up happening is now uh, porn from there. I guess that in which condoms aren't used is going to be extra raunchy seeming and it's going to be higher in demand. And so now people are going to get paid more to do something that's going to be black market making porn without condoms. And so now the incentives are to not use condoms when you're making films. Is this L.A. City or L.A. County? It is the Los Angeles City Council has uh, voted nine to one. So it's a pretty small area, frankly. Um, I mean, I don't know. Porn, they tend to have a lot of different sets in a lot of different Mm -hmm. places. So how difficult would it be to film in Orange or Beverly Hills or one of these other municipalities that happens to be or or counties that happens to be around there? Um, Oh, well, we just go to Long Beach or you know Manhattan, uh, what, what, Manhattan Beach, or whatever. They'll just go around there rather than going into the city if that's what they want to do. I think that there's there's value in people taking a stand for sex workers uh, being able to protect themselves with condoms, um, and I think that it's difficult for them to do so in a lot of circumstances. And I think that it's good for society as a whole if they're able to do such a thing. But I don't think that this is going to amount to much if people really don't want to use them. For years, lawmakers have largely ignored calls to crack down on condom-free porn filming. But last year, the foundation changed its tactics and gathered signatures to ask voters to pass an ordinance requiring adult film producers when seeking a filming permit in the city of Los Angeles to have actors use condoms. The new rule would require porn producers to pay a fee to fund surprise inspections. Oh, well, that's... The proposed requirement would have targeted the multi-billion you know, you dollar don't porn need industry. Pr- uh, surprise inspections if you... Uh, I mean, okay, so if the sex worker complains to the authorities about this going on, mm-hmm. it's kind of the way that they um, they enforce uh, the, mar- the, the, the licensure on, say, Microsoft products. If you complain to Microsoft as an employee who just got fired or something like that and say, hey... My my employer isn't uh, paying for the licenses on Microsoft. That would be the only enforcement that you would need. Porn industry representatives opposed the measure. Diane Duke of the lobbying group Free Speech Coalition said this is government overreach. It's not about performer health and safety. It's about government regulating what happens between consenting adults. Well, if you can mandate that people use condoms on porn productions, why can't they mandate that everyone use condoms when they have sex? Exactly. Why not, Mark? I I would say that they you know they're probably just down the road from that. Oh, you're not saying you support this. You just said earlier that you think you understand where they're coming from. I see the value in it, and my concern. Um, here's what my concern is. So you support is. it? No, I don't. It's destruction of value. Gotcha. I don't think it has of any. I I don't think there's. It's of. Um, I don't think it's going to work because all they've done is run the sex industry uh, out that of LA. wants to, uh, that that wants to use uh, not use condoms out of L.A. or driven them underground, as Ali suggested, which could make porn productions more dangerous. 
because they will be more risky, perhaps, to engage in those behaviors. It's not that big of a deal to drive outside of L.A. Toll-free number is 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But it wouldn't surprise me if this same coalition was working for a state law as well I'm to, sure they uh, are. to mandate this. Uh, 1-855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, and enjoy the features that we have there for you. Shrine of Female Listeners is one of them. Visit the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. And if you're a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine. Get the details there. It's basically the ladies who've sent in validated photos or video to prove that they're listeners of this program, shrine.freetalklive.com. Do you not have enough time to read books anymore? Audiobooks are a great way to get in the reading that you want to do without carving time out of your day to sit down and read a book. Audible is the leading provider of Premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment. They've got all the categories. We're talking about porn now. They've got erotica. If you want to uh, go there, just check out their um, you know all all of the the different uh, categories. But um, you know, I, I just happen to be paging through the the classics. Uh, Tale of Two Cities and Great Expectations in one book, um, unabridged. You can get it for free. From audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Go to that URL, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Sign up and you'll get a free download. Um, And, you know, listen to the book. Get in all those classics that you want to do. I'm I'm looking at a bunch of classics here. Um, Ayn Rand's uh, Atlas Shrugged, East of Eden, Gone with the Wind, Sid Arthur. You can uh, get them all. It's uh, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. All right, 855-450-FREE. The news out of L.A. is that it's now prohibited to make pornography without the male participants using condoms. Condoms are now mandated, and porn producers have to, uh, if they're going to film in the Los Angeles city, they have to pay a fee in order to fund surprise inspections. Not only that, but the AIDS Healthcare Foundation is now gathering signatures for a measure to go to the Los Angeles County voters for the November election. It would require condom use and ask porn producers. Ask? No, no. Mm-hmm. Usually when it comes to the government, they're not asking They're not you. asking. So you have to be careful when you read what uh, the news media says, because news media will frequently say ask when they mean mandate or order or demand. And uh, so they think, they think it's a synonym. Yeah. Because when the government asks, They're you really asking. can't say otherwise. Uh, porn producers to obtain permits from the county Department of Public Health before filming. So now if you just want to have uh, if you just want to videotape someone having sex, one of the most common human things that happens on this planet, if you want to videotape that for the purpose of perhaps marketing it, that you have to go to the Department of Public Health and obtain some sort of a permit 
prior to filming. So is the permit new or and and the fee new? Because I mean, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if the government had a porn permit and fee along the way. Have they raised the fee in order to put out the porn inspectors, which uh, seems to be part of this? Um, That's the, not made clear. They're going to send people to different sites and uh, check check things out, uh, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. If somebody wants to be protected in this area, then they should go report the abuse. In addition, the county would be able to do surprise inspections. The AIDS group is also considering launching a similar condom measure in San Francisco, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're also working Working on a state level to attempt to uh, ban or to mandate condom use throughout California. Now that makes a heck of a lot more sense than anything else. If they're going to do it, uh, you know, well, it's in, all bad in my in, opinion. In Los Angeles, well, it's just pointless to do it in Los Angeles City or Los Angeles County. I mean, when Orange County is just so uh, close by, it and, would force these people to re, you know, to move their studios, which is a I don't know cost. how much porn is is shot in studios, Ian. I think a lot of it's done in hotel rooms. Oh, they do it in mansions and yeah, stuff. They rent mansions. Right. They uh, yeah, poolsides and all the things that. Uh, you know, these different areas. I mean, how interesting is it? They don't want to build sets when they can just rent right. people's houses. I wonder if the porn industry is behind this trying to keep down amateur porn makers. Because, I mean, mean, if you have to go to the Department of Public Safety or Health or something to get an, a license to do all this, then, yeah, amateur porn makers are going to be gone after because it's obvious that they didn't get, I mean, it's not obvious, but it's more likely they didn't get a permit to do their amateur porn. Right, so if it's a boyfriend and girlfriend in their bedroom and they're shooting it and they're sharing it on some amateur porn site. And they happen to live, in, happen Los to live in Los Angeles? Uh, I don't think well, so. Well, I mean, it starts in Los Angeles, but then it can spread all over. the. We're just, you know, against the idea of them making these kind of rules for anyone. I think they made it harder on themselves. Um, the the idea that they they're going to have a very difficult time. For one, two people that are having sex in their bedroom are not reporting their address to anyone for anything. That's true. They're not on. They tax want to be rolls. visited by the, uh, the the folks that they service. Yeah, they're not. They're not on the tax rolls. The government probably is largely unaware of them, and they would somehow have to track down where they were. Like okay. how you know, again, if they were in uh, Los Angeles City or County, would make a difference. So. Either way, I, I think that this is disturbing, and it is a clear infringement upon, as was pointed out by the free speech group, a clear infringement on an individuals' ability to consent. And if, if people, two consenting people want to have sex without a condom, and another consenting person wants to videotape it, what's the big deal? It's just that the, this group of busybodies, the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, and I'm not against AIDS, you know, as far as like doing research and helping people with AIDS. Like, I, I get that. And that's, that's cool and all, but I don't appreciate it when these groups who are trying, who believe that they know what's best for the world, are trying to foist it upon them by the threat of violence. That I don't appreciate at all. Yeah, especially when AIDS is such a weird kind of subject. Like, I'm confused by the whole, by the whole, like, AIDS epidemic and stuff and where does it actually come from and all that. Like, to me, it's not quite clear enough to start going around forcing people to do things in avoidance of this thing that I don't quite even understand. Now, there's no doubt that there have been issues in the past with porn performers picking up diseases like AIDS uh, or, you know, problems uh, through the unprotected sex that they have. 
And I think that the industry has, to some extent, responded to that, as I understand it at least, by implementing programs of uh, mandatory testing and and uh, things like that. Now, I don't know how, what level the government has been involved in these things, but again, it's all up to the people that are in the business as to how they want to run their business. If people don't want, you know, if people want to to uh, to use a condom when they're doing porn, then they can just make a stand on that. And they can strike and they can refuse to work in uh, for the producers that are are telling them, well, you can't use a condom in my productions. All they have to do is say, well, that's fine. I'll just go somewhere else, or I'll start my own studio, or I'll do my own thing. Because there's, it's even easier today than it ever was in the past to make your own video productions. Cameras aren't expensive anymore. Yeah. It's not expensive to you know put together an editing computer. You're looking at a couple grand to get a decent uh, package together for you know equipment that you can use to make your own stuff. So eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free. Yeah, all it's going to do is shut down. If if this does anything um, on a statewide basis, uh, you know it's just going to drive people to uh, more amateur porn. There's other news, though, in the, uh, the the world, and they're worth talking about. One of them I mentioned the other night on the air. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. And it's a disturbing story out of Chicago. Another city ordinance. We're kind of focusing on city ordinances here. This is, a real ba- this is one. This one is even worse. Uh, following weeks of public pressure against Chicago's changes. This is from truth-out.org. Uh, following, excuse me. Following weeks of public pressure against Chicago's changes to the city ordinance by Occupy groups and concerned citizens, the city council voted Thursday to adopt the ordinance changes introduced by Mayor Rahm Emanuel. Critics say the sit-down-and-shut-up ordinance, as it's been called, (laughs) seeks to chill protests and civil liberties in Chicago through measures including, get this, a mandatory $1 million liability insurance policy for protests. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, Mark, if we had to get a million-dollar insurance policy before we went out onto Central Square here in Keene, New Hampshire, and waved some signs? Well, something could go wrong, you know. Someone could, yeah, they could trip. They could hurt themselves. Mm. So we need an insurance policy. It makes you wonder, um, so <laughs> if I then go to Central Square as uh, just a person who's walking along in the park, um, and this is probably, you know, in on any public property, wherever this is, am I then not allowed to speak out ill of the government at all? I mean, is it only someone speaking out against the government that might be a hazard mm. on public property? No, any sort of protest. Uh, and, and remember, no, but, but that's what I'm saying is that there are people. This is public property. People walk up and down these places all the time. Those right. people don't have million dollar protesting, policy. right? It, that when they're protesting, does that make them more subject? Does that make them more likely to have an accident? No, of course not. Yeah, this is absolutely intended to stifle. Is uh, it meant to be speech. like if maybe a fight breaks out, or when they're like you know people that are starting when they usually have these what do they call them when they send police out to pretend to be just regular protesters and they agents provocateur yes provocateurs what I mean if like a a riot breaks out is that what the insurance is meant to cover <laughs> is that the idea I doubt it. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have the details on exactly what the insurance is supposed to cover, but the idea is that this will prohibit people from protesting in Chicago because the first step here is what was already taken in the past. Remember, the tyranny comes in steps. So the first step was to have a, a protest permit. So if you want to have a protest, you have to get a permit first. 
there's no right to assemble. There's no right to redress grievances, like it says in the First Amendment of the Constitution. If you have to get uh, if you have to get a permit to protest, you're begging permission. Therefore, you don't have a right. But we can talk more about it coming up here in hour three. Eight five five four fifty free. It is free talk live. Americans are losing their wealth. People are rioting in the streets. For years, the American people have ignored the assaults on our liberty. The book in plain sight, The Disregarded Truth, not only reveals the truth and the deceptive tactics that have caused the decline of our liberty, but also identifies and explains how we, the American people, can restart what was once a free America. It's time to wake up, protect our liberty, and return the government back to its proper role. It's time to know the truth. Order in plain sight. The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program, and you can, of course, bring up anything you would like. Number for you is 855-453-TONIGHT. Tonight, it's Ian with you. Allie. And Mark. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of the site. When you find something online that you think is interesting, you want to share with other listeners to the show, you just submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. And then it pops up on the site in the upcoming stories queue, and others get to vote at that point as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. And you get to vote on things as well. And the most voted up will be at the front page and the top of the website, freetalklive.com. Dot com And sometimes uh, we find some very interesting stuff on our very own website to share with you on the air. Right now, uh, we're talking about a disturbing ordinance out of Chicago where it looks like they have, yes, they have voted to adopt this new ordinance as introduced by Mayor Rahm Emanuel. And it deserves to be said here that clearly this is building on an already existing tyranny, and that is the tyranny of the protest permit. And this is not something that's uncommon across America, and certainly in cities, in larger cities. It's very common to, uh, for the city government people to demand that in order to have a protest, one must have a permit. Because this is America. You don't just get to go out and hold a sign without asking your government's permission Well, this first. is everybody's land, so we must dole it out uh, in fair fashion. So, therefore, anybody could use this space unless you get a permit. Uh, you're, you're, you're trouncing on other people's rights. It's the idea. Critics say the sit-down-and-shut-up ordinance, as it's been <laughs> called, seeks to chill protests and civil liberties, introducing a mandatory $1 million liability insurance for protests, a heightened police presence. Does that mean you have to hire off-duty cops to come in? I, that's not made clear here, but it doesn't as, sound good. My understanding, there was a, a lawsuit at one point um, in the past that uh, required cities to pay for security for protests. And more difficulty in getting the permits. So it's not just a new million-dollar policy. It's more difficulty just all around in order to be able to uh, be permitted to protest. Increased fines of up to $1,000 for people arrested during a protest were originally in place, but Emmanuel withdrew that proposal on Tuesday. When the ordinance was first introduced, it was said to only yeah, that be... that just a- won't do. 
measure for the NATO G8 conference to be held in Chicago in May. But it was later revealed the ordinance change is expected to be permanent. The ordinance focuses on bureaucratic measures to chill the protests, but for low-income and immigrant communities, it might be enough to keep them off the street entirely, say organizers. Occupy Rogers Park and Occupy the South Side, representing Chicago's uh, areas with large proportions of low-income communities, sent out a letter last week highlighting this issue, saying that their letter said, This ordinance doesn't exist in a vacuum. After all, political speech is not about speech itself. It's about issues of public policy that affect citizens who wish to convey their concerns in the public space. While the city's leadership has talked of tough choices and the need to balance the budget, communities of color have been forced to endure the greatest losses in areas of education, medical care, and access to living wage employment. Restricting our ability to speak to those concerns would be unconscionable. But they're going to do just that. Chicago Independent Media Center reports that the ordinance as it stood the day before the vote contains the following – Nonviolent civil disobedience could now carry a two hundred to one thousand dollar fine, up from twenty five to five hundred dollars, in addition to uh, to other more typical misdemeanor charges. But th- what that's not making clear to me is: Are they saying that? Uh, let's say I were the person who was organizing the, the protest, would I be the one who's liable to pay that fine if someone else at my protest is behaving in a nonviolent, civilly disobedient manner, or somebody who's st- standing nearby? A, right. uh, your protest. Are they going to issue that fine up to, uh, again, $1,000 to me? That's not made clear. and th- But that's what it sounds like. Because if you're arrested for something, there's a, usually a fine attached to that, right? Like if, if I'm arrested for a sense, yeah. disobe- a disobeying an officer or, or resisting arrest, there's usually a fine provision in the misdemeanor charge or whatever that, that, that comes with that. So The, the, the I- judge can sentence you to. Right. So the idea that... Nonviolent civil disobedience, just just that alone, that huge category, would carry a fine. Sounds to me like that's coming. They're coming after the protest organizers. Well, it's uh, yeah, I, I would agree, and the, that stuff annoys them. They don't like it. So they're trying to stamp out basically like uncentralized pro or uncentralized movements in which they have protests. Like a lot of right. protesters know one who's like the head organizer. Just a couple people are out protesting, and then more people show up, and then the people who originally were doing it left, and so yep. now there's right. no one in charge. You can't control who comes to your protests. You can't. We were talking about the... the but the, 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 the powers that be have a very difficult time with civil disobedience and nonviolence because they look so bad. You, there's that video of uh, the protesters, and I think it might have been Oakland or Seattle or whatever, with a guy walking along spraying the, the bear mm-hmm. spray in their faces while they're just sitting there across the sidewalk. Yes, it does. It looks very, very bad for them. Virtually every street protest in downtown will be designated as a large parade, requiring $1 million in liability insurance and for organizers to agree to reimburse the city for any damage to the public way or to city property arising out of or caused by the parade. Large parade or not, organizers would be required to provide the city with a description of any recording equipment, sound amplification equipment, banners, signs, or other attention-getting devices to be used in connection with the parade at least a week in advance of the march. This is insane micromanagement. You have to tell the city in advance what all of the signs at the protest are going to say. Or you don't get your permit. That's crazy. That's crazy. They're not going to give you a permission uh, a permit based on what your sign says? Correct. And are you planning on having a megaphone? Are you planning on having an amplifier of some sort? You need to tell us what your uh, what your equipment is going to be, what your banners are going to say, any recording equipment you might have on hand. If I you're want... going to say anything through the microphone, we're right. going to need some text. 
Wow. Don't give them ideas, Mark. What else would they how say? Much more, right. How much more micromanaged can they be? It kind of this? reminds me of these videos I see of people going to the presidential candidates' uh, you know, speeches and stuff and them wanting to bring in signs, maybe in protest of the candidate or maybe in support of the candidate. But no matter, no signs are allowed. Uh, I, I've seen videos like this and it just kind of blows my mind the idea that on public property in which like in a political conversation where signs aren't allowed, where, you know, you can't speak out, you're not given, you're not allowed to come in with a megaphone, but and you're not allowed to bring signs, you're not allowed to put, you know, your input in out there to the people. They don't care whether or not you have, uh, you, you know, your right to right. free speech is being. No, they re- prefer you not. Clearly, that's why you they're have the putting right to these... shut up and stay home. Yeah, they, they would prefer you not have free speech. That's why they're putting in all these ordinances. They would much rather have no dissent whatsoever within Chicago city limits. Sure. So totalitarian. Large. Uh, again, they're calling all protests a large parade, and they're applying all kinds of insane regulations to it. Every contingent in the march and the order in which they would appear would have to be registered at least a week in advance with the city. So, if you are actually having a uh, you know like a parade of some sort, and you want the local uh, scout troop to march in the parade, you better make sure that the scout troop is marching ahead of the you know the United Cooks Association, because if you don't get the order correct, then you'd be in violation of your permit. Oh, don't worry, they're not going to go after the scouts. Well, Mark, I'm just saying, if you're yes. the parade organizer, they're telling you that you have to tell them in which order the people are marching in the parade. It's nuts. Yeah. So you're right. They're not going to go after the scouts. They'll go after you as the parade organizer. Oh, how dare you! You've strayed from your plan. I you doubt su- they'll go after the parade that has the, uh, the 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 scouts in it. I mean, you're probably it- right about that, Mark. But you, you get my point. Oh yeah, I uh, you've point. strayed from your plan. So therefore, there's a fine in that. Ah, uh, that'll for you. be a paddling. Yep. Demonstration organizers would be required to have one marshal for every 100 participants. I'm not sure what a marshal is, but it sounds like a cop. Uh, That's not made very clear. Under a wholly new section of the municipal code, even gatherings on sidewalks with no presence in the streets would now be subject to demands that they get permits, giving the city extraordinary latitude to dictate what union and other pickets occur uh, and or get shut down by police action. Allow the police superintendent to deputize FBI, DHS, ATF, and DOJ employees as Chicago police officers. According to Twitter, the first vote on the ordinance changed, uh, this ordinance that we're talking about, passed by the city council 41 to 5, and the second passed 41 to 4. So a handful of dissenters, otherwise the Chicago city council overwhelmingly in favor of new, insane restrictions against protest in Chicago. It's crazy. But yeah, you've got a chance to have liberty in the cities of America. Just stay there and see how that works out. More coming up, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you want. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-855-450-3733. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, so enjoy them. They are free, unlike those other talk shows that want to charge you for their websites. You can go over and enjoy the webcam if you like. You can watch, listen, and interact. The Free Talk Live studio cam is there, and the chat room's built into the same page, so you can talk with other Free Talk Live listeners at the same time as watching over at cam.freetalklive.com. Cam.freetalklive.com. Coming up in about a month, February 23rd through the 26th. Man, this is going to be here before we know it, uh, before you know it. The Liberty Forum is happening again in Nashua. It's back after taking a year off. Unfortunately, uh, back last year, it didn't happen. And this year, it is happening again. The original organizer is back on board, Chris Lawless, uh, also known as the Giant uh, from the Ron Paul campaign. The Freaking Giant. In New Hampshire, correct. The Freaking Giant. And he is a big man. There is no doubt about it. No exaggeration. Uh, And he's also a really nice guy and really good at putting together a great event that will feature all kinds of uh, excellent speakers. People like Jody Emery from Cannabis Culture, Prax Girl from her YouTube channel. Carlos, are you familiar with Prax Girl? I love Prax Girl. I have watched one of her videos, and she is very brilliant, that lady. She's also really pretty. There's that, too. So you'll be able to meet those uh, lovely ladies. And uh, Peter Schiff, as well, the investment advisor, is going to be on site. He'll be giving a uh, seminar of some sort on Friday, and also uh, will be giving the keynote speech on Friday night at a dinner. There will be dinners and luncheons and a variety of speakers. I've only touched on a handful of them here. Uh, But uh, you will get into all of these things if you get the VIP pass, which is just over a couple hundred bucks, like 210 or something like that. It's not an expensive convention at all. And you can save 10% if you use discount code FTL2012 in order to uh, you know, save a few extra bucks. FTL2012 is the discount code, and you can go and get signed up and learn more. The schedule, by the way, was released yesterday, so all of the events are now lined up. You'll know exactly who's speaking when, what panels are happening at what times. The Civil Disobedience panel, for instance, will be happening. And go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum to get more information about all the speakers and the schedule and the hotel and all the details that you need and get signed up. Don't wait much longer. You don't want to get into a situation where you are waiting till the last minute where everything's going to cost the maximum. Like if you wait till the day of and just show up, you're going to pay more uh, because of that. So get on board now and you won't risk running out of room in the hotel. That's always a possibility. If that hotel runs out of space, you've got to go to a different hotel. And that's not fun. Let me tell you, it's not fun to have to go no. to a different hotel no. when you're at a, cold. a convention where you're having fun. It's cold outside. And uh, if you've you know been having a few too many to drink, it can be a little inconvenient having to get back to your hotel room in a different hotel. Uh, because the, the parties do tend to go uh, pretty late night at the Liberty Forum. And it's just a good old time all around. You'll meet all kinds of interesting people, hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented folks. Uh, Allie, you're going to be there, correct? I will be there. First time ever at the Liberty Forum. Exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun and this is what mark you and i's fifth or sixth or something like well, that well i haven't been keeping a total but it's that sounds about right we've been to every one of them and free talk live will be broadcasting live so go to freestateproject.org slash liberty forum use code ftl 2012 to save 10 percent. let's go to your calls and then coming up more news out of los angeles it was pretty disturbing not los angeles uh chicago and illinois that's pretty disturbing but first jacob is listening in west virginia you're on free talk live listening to wvts hello jacob guys how are you doing tonight just super what's on your mind sir oh i uh, saw something this morning on facebook um about a uh a movement that's been going on right now this uh about the copyright laws um uh, that are being considered um uh, about a, a blackout 
throughout the month of March where they are asking everybody to not download, purchase any type of copyright material like movies, books, music, anything. And I was just wondering if you guys had heard anything about that and you could, you know, give the listeners a little bit more detail about what you knew. I have not. Um, and, you know, the it makes me wonder. It sounds like one of these gas, don't buy gasoline on this day things. Um, you know, this is a pretty common Internet uh, uh, meme. And I just wonder if people are going to buy uh, copyrighted material. Will they just buy a whole bunch of it on uh, the last week of February or the first week of April in order to prevent themselves from buying it in the month of March? And will that teach these companies anything um, in the process? I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I always, I always wonder about these things. I tend to have the uh, same well, skepticism. I, I, Go ahead. I, I, well, I'd also heard that, um, that the government had, had brought some, because uh, uh, I know you guys were talking about that, uh, the mega upload site mm-hmm. yesterday evening, and I had read that they had uh, brought some uh, guys from, you know, New Zealand to the United States to prosecute them. And I, I, I never, I hadn't seen anything like that in the news. I mean, you know, I mean, it wouldn't you know surprise they, me at all. They went after the Swiss, uh, you know, they threatened the Swiss bankers over the UBS uh, situation and right. uh, basically told them that they were going to charge them under American law. I don't know how this government believes that it runs the world, but it, it does. It does. And all evidence shows that it's almost true in a lot of places. Uh, yeah, so I, I share Mark's concerns on this uh, on this blackout of buying copyrighted material. First of all, not everyone is going to stop buying copyrighted material. Only certain people who agree with a particular viewpoint are going to do that, and they maybe they weren't really buying that much in the first place anyway. So, what is copyrighted material even like? What what would that even mean? I'm trying to think of okay, so what would that change about what I would normally do? Copyright material being like books and songs and, and I mean, it, I mean, it was it was very vague and and you know I I'd been talking to, uh, to some of my friends who you know they had, they had, they had sent you know sent me these invites and you know and and they were I mean they couldn't even really you know expand on the, the what you know what they were trying to do other than uh, you know they were trying to send the federal government some kind of uh, you know message that. That you know, if, if people stopped buying, you know, somehow if people stopped buying DVDs and CDs or uh, you know, downloading, you know, paying for music online, that you know, it, it would it would somehow disrupt, you know, what you know what they were doing. And I, yeah. you know, I don't know. It, do you it, think it, it would? Seems so big. Do you, Do you think it would? I I don't think so because I don't think. Uh, Well, you you guys had said something last night, you know, about how, you know, we need to get, you know, everybody together, you know, into one geographical area and, you know, have everybody, you know, think and feel the same way about issues like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, no, I I really don't think, you know, even if people were to say, you know, I'm not going to buy, you know, DVDs or movies, I don't think it's, you know, going to happen because... 
it's a it's a really fan, fantastic belief that this would be widespread enough to have any it kind could, of could. And I'm thinking that the month long thing is certainly better than one day. day because this is true. Yeah. You know, like I feel like the oil companies when you do that, let's not buy gas today thing. They're like, yeah, whatever. So you buy gas the uh, next day, you know, the day yeah. the day before, the day after, and it doesn't teach them anything because they know you're going to buy the gas. Um, it doesn't. You know, they're not they're not concerned when the prices go up, people buy less gas, but they're making more money because the prices have gone up. So in this case, I think that you could almost hold it over their heads. Yeah, if it was big enough, if the response, maybe if the response were big enough to if be noticeable, yeah. maybe. And They'd have to hear are gonna, about it. Are they going to abolish copyright? No, they're not going to do that. Thanks, Jacob. More coming up. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. If they threaten you in your home, you can try to escape their tentacles by packing the car, leaving your house and much you've worked for, and hope to cross their borders. But if you lived on a boat, you weigh anchor and sail away. Not just any boat, a life yacht. It's a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power, grows its own food, and has a shallow draft to be able to get a car or SUV ashore. You can be involved for $1,000 and a commitment as little as eight months. EricksonCouncil.com Talk live, bring up anything you want. Toll free number 855 450 free. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. 1 855 450 3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian, Allie, and Mark. And we invite you on over to our website. You can get interactive in various ways. You can download archives as well. Lots of archives going all the way back to late 2006. All of it free at freetalklive.com. You know, cigarettes aren't good for you. You know that smoking at some point is going to have a detrimental effect in your health. You can do something about it today. You can try the e-cigarette. Um, the e-cigarette is a device that's 22,000 times healthier than smoking. It delivers nicotine to you in a fashion without smoke, so you can do it just about anywhere. There's all kinds of great flavors. Um, your clothes aren't going to smell anymore. Your teeth aren't going to get yellow. No one's going to complain about secondhand smoke. And you can get one of the best-made e-cigarettes in the market today completely free. Completely free from Vaporsmiths.com. All you have to do is buy 40 cartomizers. It's the same price as when you buy any other 40, you know, 40 cartomizers later. It's a really, it's a free starter kit. Um, and you'll get two e-cigarettes in there and a charger kit, so you'll never be without it. It's, um, you can go to Vaporsmiths.com, purchase the 40 cartomizers, use coupon code FTL, get free shipping on it at the same time, or call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com, coupon code FTL, do it for yourself, do it for the ones you love. All right, so uh, 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number here. We talked about Chicago and them having a really disturbing new ordinance that is going to Raise the tyranny level even further, the micromanagement uh, level even further. Ali, you described it as totalitarian off the air, and I think you're right, where essentially every aspect of a a potential protest would be micromanaged by the city 
government uh, in order to give you permission to have the protest in the first place. I mean, just an insane level of you have to submit to them what sort of noise amplification or sound amplification equipment you're going to use, what kind of signs, what sort of banners, what it is that the signs will say. You have to submit all kinds of information prior to what, what, in what order you will walk down the street if you plan on walking somewhere. <laughs> in what order uh, yeah. you will walk down the yeah. street. Let me just read the definition of Definition of totalitarian, because it's one of those words that people just hear and they're like, oh, you're just being crazy. But just listen to the definition. Uh, A form of government in which the political authority exercises absolute and central control over all aspects of life. The individual is subordinate to the state and opposing political and cultural expression is suppressed. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, you can you can oppose us if you ask permission first. Well, we might allow you to have an op- op- uh, an opposition protest if you just do everything we tell you to prior to. Don't forget the million dollar surety bond. Oh, that yeah, there was requiring. that too. I mean, Thank you for that. You know, there's a lot of people that are protesting, well, you know, say government tyranny, and then demanding that they have a, a surety bond in the process, which on costs public property. several hundred dollars, perhaps, and and singles them out. Uh, you know, because there are all kinds of people on this public property anyway, whether it's a park or sidewalk or wherever it is that they are. People People are there. They don't have a surety bond for being there. Only the protesters protesting need a surety bond. So in other Illinois-related news, we haven't had an update on their debt situation recently. And here's one from CBS Chicago WBBM News Radio in Springfield. Illinois keeps falling farther behind on its debt. As WBBM News Radio's Regine Schlesinger reports, officially the state has a backlog of more than $4.25 billion in unpaid bills. And if you may recall, we talked about this uh, in the, within the last year where Illinois is in some serious financial uh, trouble because, well, they're governments and governments suck at uh, financial anything. Spending your other people's money is always a lot easier than spending your own money because, well, you don't take it as seriously, typically. Sure. And certainly the government doesn't take it seriously. They just do whatever the flip they want with your money and they just keep taxing you more down the line. And they get into huge levels of debt, apparently, because they're spending money they don't have. Uh, for instance, with their pension plans that their employees, the state employees have there in the state, that's a huge chunk of this uh, $4.25 billion. Uh, in fact, Illinois State Comptroller Judy Bar-Topinka says that one factor, when one factors in other bills, the figure is actually closer to around $8.5 billion. Mm. Those outstanding bills include tax refunds, employee health insurance, and bills that have not yet reached her desk. Topinka says this is extremely disappointing. Since a year ago, the state sharply increased Income taxes by 67%. Whoa. That's a big increase. Can you imagine if the federal government increased income taxes by 67%? I mean, it was, the howling would never cease. Now, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, the increase in, in the taxes there was like, you know, it went from like 1% or like 2% to three and a half or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, state, state income taxes are usually pretty mitigable. Right. But, but still, that's a big number, though. I mean, 67 percent. That's huge, yeah, sure. huge. And she says that, you know, even though they increased the state income tax by 67 percent and also increased corporate taxes, they're still behind the ball. They still can't catch up They're They're still the, the, the amount of debt is increasing. It's crazy how an organization with infinite resources can somehow be in debt. Well, the state doesn't have infinite resources. 
I mean, if they can just tax people at will without, but I mean, there's they can, can only do go so high, right? Like, there's a certain point at which people are going to bulk. Like, okay, apparently it's not 67%, but there's a certain <laughs> point at which somebody will say, I can't take this anymore. This is enough. We're going to leave mm-hmm. or refuse to pay. Usually people leave. They're going to go somewhere else. Um, and that's probably what you're going to see happening is people in Illinois are going to say, screw this. We're getting out of here, which is maybe one of the reasons why they're and, not making as much money. But that takes, uh, that takes a while, it's usually. True. That's, uh, when they're, they're not going to see that. <sighs> You know, those in the government, they'll, they'll be completely clueless as to why it's happening. The people in Detroit, to some extent, are uh, they're, they're exper- the government and people there are experiencing exactly this problem. They actually taxed themselves into, uh, you know, this deteriorating circumstance that they're in. But they're not going to admit that. You know, it was the auto industry and things have changed in the world and, you know, the, the, the whole thing that they're going to uh, cl- com- complain about. But, you know... This was it. This was the Fabian socialist model um, that was Detroit, and you can see what the results are. According to the piece over at CBS Local, uh, chicago.cbslocal.com, she says, this again is the comptroller, that after the largest tax hike in our history, the state continues to be in this precarious fiscal position with persistent payment delays, and frankly, the situation is unlikely to significantly improve in the near term. Remember, it says here that one of the outstanding bills includes tax refunds. So that says to me that they've told people who are supposedly owed a tax refund, well, we, we're sorry, we just can't pay you that right now. Hold on. But weren't they we'll doing around that for a little while um, previously? Wasn't it Illinois that was holding tax refunds for, for – I think it was. It was either Illinois or Chicago or, uh, or California. I know – I think California it did it California. for a short while. yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, we owe you this money, but you know, what are you going to do about gonna it? We're just going to get it around to it when we get around to it. We'll send you a refund later. Yeah. So you just hold on there, buddy. You, uh, it's not like you have to pay bills or anything. Oh, yeah, you do have to pay bills, but our bills are more important. Yeah. So uh, we'll. It's just... not like you're going to do anything about it. What are you going to do? Right. Take us We've... to court. Right. Uh, right. We'll have paid you by then, and then you can't do anything about it. State officials uh, here. She says. She says the situation is unlikely to significantly improve in the near term. Some state officials say the solution is to borrowing <laughs> She's uh, right. is more borrowing to pay the bills, but Topinka says the solution is to cut spending. And we've seen that the uh, the Illinois state government is not interested in cutting any spending. Their solution is to increase taxation and uh, bar- as they're saying here, they're going to borrow some more. What bank in their right mind would uh, what 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 anyone with money in their right mind would give money to the Illinois state government? I think that they're, you know, they're not Greece yet, uh, but they're getting close. Eight billion dollars in the hole. You know, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough position that they're in. I'm I, just waiting know. to see when the first state government is going to get bailed out by the feds. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah, I was going to say the federal government probably do it for any right. bank. They're the ones with the unlimited resources. The federal mm-hmm. government can just print the money out. State governments can't do that. So at some point, Illinois or, or uh, California, one of them's going to come around. They're going to say, okay, well, we can't do this anymore. We, we've, we've taxed people. We can't raise the taxes anymore. We, we're just going to have to beg for some money from the feds and have the whole country bail us out. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want, even in these remaining moments. 
There's enough time for you and your thoughts at 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy our features we have there for you. And if you like the program and want to help support Free Talk Live, you are invited to support the show in a variety of different ways. One of them is by shopping with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through the links there you'll find at shop.freetalklive.com, and there's different links for different countries. You click into the right Amazon for you, and it's your regular Amazon experience. You're just entering through our portal, so Amazon knows to send us a cut of the sale. So instead of Amazon taking all of the profits for themselves, Free Talk Live will get a portion of those profits. So you get your shopping done, you get the stuff you're looking for, you get a great deal, uh, delivery right to your door, in many cases free, super safer shipping on a lot of their brand new items in a whole bunch of different categories, by the way. Amazon's got a lot of stuff, including groceries now. So go and get your shopping done at shop.freetalklive.com and you can help Free Talk Live and get the stuff you want. Shop.freetalklive.com. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We're talking about the state of Illinois and serious budget crisis, apparently jacking up the income tax rate by 67% and also raising corporate taxes, has not helped when it comes to the state government paying off its, what the uh, comptroller says is now $8.5 billion in unpaid bills. This is pretty serious stuff here. The state employees are a big chunk of this where their pension funds, they're just states running out of cash and they can only go so far in how much they can get away with taxing people because people are just going to leave at some point. And yes, Mark, you're right. It will take a little while for people to do that. Obviously, as we've seen with the Free State Project, getting folks to unroot their lives, uh, you know, cut the strings, tie up loose ends and and make a move to some somewhere else is a pretty big task, and it does take time. But if you look at Detroit, you can see that people are certainly willing to leave places they consider undesirable over time. You know, I don't think too many people make their decisions on where they're going to move based on taxes, but I think that they make decisions on whether or not they're going to leave based on taxes. Mm -hmm. Because they, you know, taxes are this kind of hidden thing. In some cases, you really don't even know what the property taxes are going to be on a piece of property until you own it. Um, It can be very difficult to discern that uh, uh, beforehand. And I just don't think people make the decisions on that. They say, oh, I like this area or I like that area. But, you know, when the money's drying up, they they certainly are going to make their decisions uh, based on it uh, um, to leave. Now, of course, if you're in Illinois, obviously you'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on all this, watching it go down, and be you must be frustrated because they're clearly not listening to uh, to people's concerns out there. Their solution is to just tax people at even greater levels because who would, who in politics wants to take on the unions of the government employees? Who wants to go up against the teachers' union or the other government workers' unions who are very, very politically connected? And who could, in theory, make or break your next uh, political campaign? You couldn't possibly challenge politically the idea, uh, or you couldn't challenge the idea of of pensions. Yeah, they have they have their own form of control. They control a lot of. They have their newspapers, the unions. So I mean, it's really hard if they're against you for them not to. You know, if the unions are against you, then it's hard to sort of try to get um, people on your side when you know they become the status quo in a way. 855-450-FREE. I was trying to find a little bit of a more detailed piece on this, but the news out of Illinois is very sparse 
on the the status of their their finances there. But rest assured, they're not going to climb out of this anytime soon, and it's going to get worse. As the comptroller says, it's it is getting worse. It's, it's not getting better. It's an impossible situation for a government because. The government they, they don't have responsibility when it comes to money. They just I mean, you know, there's all kinds of evidence of that all over. So, yes, they do have to raise taxes to get out of this situation and cut spending at the same time. But they can't do it when they raise taxes. They see more money. They say, oh, well, we got to spend it here. We got to spend it there. They're like, you know, somebody who just doesn't know how to, to allocate their money. I don't want to you know pick on any age groups or anything like that. But, you know, I was that way much more so when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, you you got the money, you spend it. The government's just like that, and in this case, they're not only they don't have to have the money to spend it; they just spend to a certain threshold when things get very scary. A little more information from the Sun Times, Chicago Sun Times. Organizations that are providing services for the state, from businesses to hospitals to charity groups, must wait months in order to be paid for their work. What's that going to do down the line? Are some businesses going to finally say, you know, we don't really want to wait? nine months or whatever to to get payment from you guys maybe you should find another contractor seems unlikely because the government money is just so good but i suppose that could be a possibility the quarterly report from the controller predicts the backlog will continue at roughly the same level despite spending cuts and tax increases that were approved last year on the bright side the cash crunch is significantly better than it was at the same point in the previous two previous years some of those awaiting payment are vendors who work for the state, hospitals that provide Medicaid services to the poor, and businesses that are owed tax refunds. They also owe money to their public employee health plan. Uh, some lawmakers have proposed borrowing so the state can pay back some of what it owes to businesses, community groups, and charities that are going broke while waiting for their money. 855-450-FREE. In other news, more international news, this is an interesting story out of Poland. A Polish lawmaker planned to test his country's new marijuana decriminalization law by firing up a joint in Parliament. Oh, my. MP Janusz Palikot has announced that he plans to share a joint in the Parliament building on Friday as part of a campaign to legalize marijuana in Poland. The ultra-liberal Palikot's movement party will be using civil disobedience to test laws introduced in December that gave prosecutors a choice on whether to charge individuals who are to be found in possession of soft drugs for personal use, according to the news.pl. He said on uh, this week that we want to invite representatives of the Free Hemp Society, a group that we are on friendly terms with, to smoke a joint in this room to see whether the law that already decriminalized personal use really did do so, or whether there is a need for the amendment that we are presenting on Friday. Palakot, who favors total legalization, reportedly faces an uphill battle in his bid for more lenient cannabis laws. Prior to the October 9th general election, Prime Minister Donald Tusk said he opposed the legislation of soft drugs and ruled out any possible coalition with the recently formed Palikot's movement, which won a surprise 10% share of the vote in, uh, in the election. So apparently this guy has his own movement behind him. And a pretty, you know, even though it has been changed, the rules there have been changed, still a ballsy move for a politician. It's normally a fairly, uh, you know, conservative group of people that don't want to really splash the waters too much. Uh, to, to smoke a joint on the floor of parliament is, uh, I would say, pretty impressive. Do you think Dennis Kucinich would do it? 
That would be so awesome. I don't know him well enough. I, I, I've never met him, so he, I couldn't say. They actually do. He does skits on, like, uh, uh, The Daily Show and, does uh, he? and The Colbert Report. I was unaware. So he has a certain, you know, but doesn't seem to mind jokes about his wife being young and hot. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he seems to have some level of sense of humor. I'm sure other other ones do, too. I You know, I just don't know too many of them intimately. It's hard for me to imagine Ron Paul doing such a thing. He's such a Boy Scout, you know? Yeah, I don't think Ron Paul would do that. But, uh, Dem- Dennis Cusack. Ron Paul doesn't do drugs. Maybe, I wouldn't imagine. I don't. I don't. Wouldn't speak to what he does or doesn't do. Do you but. think Ron Paul drinks? No, I don't think so. He seems so clean cut. I think I he's straight edge. Yeah, yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Can you imagine Ron Paul swigging back a flask? He's on the, so straight the edge. Floor he doesn't of, even know what straight edge means. The, uh, the House of Representatives. <laughs> so I think I mean more power to this guy. It it apparently happened today ostensibly, and I I didn't see an update about this. I'm curious to uh, to know what what transpired here, but. You know, you've got to hand it to a guy like this, regardless of his uh, viewpoint. Again, they call him ultra liberal, but liberal means something different in uh, in Europe than it yeah. does here. It's really something. So I don't I don't really know what it means to be ultra liberal in general. But uh, this guy, you know, good on him, and congratulations to him for uh, for you know for standing up. I mean, most politicians don't have this level of courage at all. Like, I can't even envision anyone in this country doing anything like that. Well, uh, there was some kind of law passed that, uh, you know, gave... uh, Well, it gave gave the prosecutor the uh, the choice as to whether or not to, uh, to charge individuals. I see. So I guess they didn't have a choice before. And now they do, which seems weird, because well, around here, prosecutors can always drop charges. They probably had the, the choice, but they you know, now have been given, codified that choice in law, specifically towards marijuana. Which... And good for them for making a move in the right direction, as we've seen with uh, other countries uh, like Portugal, decriminalization of drugs. Even in, in Portugal's case, all drugs, all recreational drugs decriminalized. Uh, has had incredible effects. Now, that doesn't mean that all uh, that there there is no criminal offense in, in regards to recreational drugs, but like sort correct of small user. amounts yeah. possession of personal levels of use of these drugs completely decriminalized in Portugal has resulted in fewer addicts. It has resulted in fewer deaths. Yep. Younger. It has resulted in less violence. People, uh, younger people, trying later and using fewer drugs. Right. So ending drug prohibition is a good thing, and if there were more courageous politicians. It could be done. We'll uh, see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.